Oh, hi. Sorry, didn't see you there. Been too busy finagling with this this tinfoil hat, could you say? Um, sorry, you could say. Yeah, I'm, I'm very new to this. This is the first episode of this podcast that I'm doing here. Um, I don't have a name for it yet. I got a working title. Um, but I'm just going to refer to it as this podcast for right now. And we'll get there when we get there. I don't know when this is even going to come out. That's the thing. I'm working on stockpiling content right now. And I wrote this script like three weeks ago or something, a little more than three, maybe four weeks ago, um, uh, before the time of recording this, so who who knows when this is come, gonna come out? I like just bought a microphone, which I need. I'm recording in my closet in my apartment in Los Angeles, which is kind of funny, and yeah, <laughs> shut up, no. I'm just recording a podcast in my closet because it's where I got soundproofing. Okay, <laughs> so let's just kind of break down what this thing is gonna, what this thing is gonna be like. What I'm planning on doing is having like one topic in the beginning that I kind of ramble about, you know, uh, just something probably current events, you know, or that I just find interesting and that I thought about. We got one of those. Uh, one of those today uh, on hopefully what is a very good first episode of this podcast. Um, I am just hoping that my roommate does not walk in while I'm recording this. And even though I'm in my own closet, no doubt he will just hear me talking about, well, some of these things that'll make me sound like a maniac uh, by the time we get there. So here's to hoping I have a, a silent night in my apartment and i can just talk about these things distraction free how about that okay so conspiracy theory number one on the iceberg uh your insecurities all of them are true um and yeah uh your anxiety is valid no of course i'm joking uh anxiety and the thoughts that come with it this is something i had to learn they're just conspiracy theories about yourself so just Shut your brain off sometimes, okay? I know it's hard, but I, I promise you, you can do it. Okay, um, let's actually start talking about stuff, like right off the rip. Um, uh, we're about three minutes into this, and I want to actually get into some some stuff here. Uh, but first, first episode of this podcast that hasn't even come out yet. We have a sponsor. What? No way sponsored by the fine agent at the TSA um I wrote this very vindictively uh while I was flying to my parents house uh, for Christmas um let's just let's just read what I had to wrote oh my gosh read what I had to write all those all those weeks ago see I'm stumbling over my own words but this is no different than how I am in real life so you're getting kind of the the authentic me um uh Today's episode is sponsored by the fine agents at the TSA who took my toothpaste and soap because it was a few ounces over the limit. Uh, let's see. You know, uh, those sorts of things, uh, they could they could actually be a problem, but that is only in a depressurization situation, in which case you're probably going to die anyway. I was talking to one of my buddies who is a is a uh, aircraft mechanic believe it or not and his whole industry hates them because none of their rules make any sense they're all arbitrary so anyway um yeah thanks for taking my my toothpaste and soap this nice fancy soap that i bought for my uh the some of the women in my family um, I'm not going to go into details because I don't want to end up doxing myself, even though I will accident. I'm definitely going to accidentally do it uh, or someone I know is going to accidentally do it. And that's just going to be that's just going to be great for my career. Uh, I can tell you that much. Um, but anyway, thank you, TSA, for sponsoring this video. Uh, you have none of my respect and everything you do is for posturing. OK, let's see. Uh, some notes here from past me that are irrelevant. Okay, yeah. 
if future me is doing well, then maybe, I don't know, try to get a girlfriend or something and stop sitting in your closet talking into a microphone to like 10 people worldwide who might be listening to this. Okay, thank you very much. Doesn't help me very much now. Um, I was actually anticipating to record this a lot later than I got around to it. I was expecting myself to delay on buying a microphone and just, just, you know, not doing this at all. And for all I know, the first time that someone else other than me could be listening to this is, well, not just me, but all the people I work with in, in our, in our room, um, uh, on the TV. And if that is the case, <sighs> hi guys. Um, you know, I wouldn't be doing this if any of you had hadn't planted the idea in my head. Uh, so shout out you guys if this blows up. Um, come holler at me about royalties and we can fight a lengthy court case about it, okay? Alright, let's talk about let's talk about something I've been I've been pondering. That kinda is the conspiracy theory we oh, you know, before that I should kinda outline what this podcast is is gonna be about so i'm a firm believer that the world is way stranger than we think but thinking about it should not be strange aha uh -huh. put that one in your pipe and smoke it um so i'm gonna be talking about uh, just things that i find weird or interesting or um worth talking about thinking about uh that kind of stretch what we know about our own world right now about our own reality and uh get you get you thinking you know get you thinking oh maybe maybe you know some of these people with a lot of money and moving in secret maybe they're not up to the good things maybe some of them are who knows maybe some of them are actually good guys and they're they're on our side i'm i know i will get to that and the conspiracy theory iceberg but first thing that we're going to talk about is uh is actually a, a Instagram reel I saw that really, really got my 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 noggin jogging. Um, so the average age of farmers in the United States is 60 years old. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. Who cares? Well, you should care, dear listener. Again, you're probably just the people that I work with, so. You, there's a good chance you've already heard me talk about this. Um, in, in which case, you know, just skip ahead however many minutes this goes on, on for. I don't know. I didn't really prepare for this. I just thought, hmm, I'll include this in. This will be the thing I ramble about, and I'll just make that a thing. So, the average age of farmers in the United States is 60, okay? So, obviously, you got some older, you got some younger, whatever, yada, yada, yada. But how many farmers do we have in the generations following the ones that are all 60 years old? How many? Not very many, as far as I can tell. Not very many. No, millennials and Gen Z, I, I, am, I am throwing, as Silverstein said in their fantastic song, Bad, Bad Habits, um, left home, fist full of stones, unpacked in a new glass condo that is exactly what i'm doing right here millennials and gen z uh we're all we're all desk jobs or or like content creators or influencers or more more likely you know if you're doing some of those things full-time you're more likely you know a barista than actually a youtuber but anyway um these younger generations aren't, aren't really aren't really into that sort of thing and I get it I mean my family has a kind of a lineage of, of farming my my family uh, owns uh, my, my grandparents I should say own a pretty dang big plot of land that used to be a cattle farm um, in the rural Midwest uh, so I get it. I get why you wouldn't wanna, why you don't wanna farm, especially if you don't have to. But here's the thing: we're gonna need to have to, and we're gonna have to learn pretty dang quickly, um, because when you have no more more farmers, then what do you do with all that farmland, huh? Well, you have mega corporations like BlackRock, and you got dudes like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, for as much crap as you can throw on him, 
uh, as much flack as he can catch, you know, lizard person, whatever, all, all that fun stuff. Uh, he actually seems like he is a billionaire just trying to live a normal life. Uh, he seems like he's got a happy family. He he does own farm and he is very open about how he's been raising cattle on it and that actually seems cool. He may be doing the billionaire thing right aside from, you know, collecting unwanted information, but you win some, you lose them. Anyway, you got companies like BlackRock and Bill Gates buying up all this land that, uh, that, uh, was farmland or is farmland, but won't be for very long. You know, you can you can buy up all this land and oh, hmm, what new construction can we put here? Can we maybe put homes for people? Yeah, that's not a bad thing, that's for sure. Except when it's owned by a mega corporation like BlackRock, who does not care about you. They don't care about you. They just wanna reach in your pocket, pull out your wallet. And you probably don't have cash, so they're just going to take your credit card. And then, if they own so much land where people are living, then guess what? They kind of own you. You know? Mortgages, the bank kind of owns your life until it's paid off. So, imagine a mega corporation with all this land that can say, Oh, we want to do this thing. You don't like it? Sorry, uh, you're kicked out of your house. Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay, let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit. I, I can admit that I need to pump the brakes a little bit sometimes, so maybe not. And granted, uh, I, actually, I want to go back. I want to put a big stamp of allegedly over everything I say in this podcast from now until the end of time. Uh, you will also probably start to pick up on the uh, the irony, like the. The veil of irony that is over half of the things I say, if not a total 100% of the things I say. Not to say that you won't get any genuine moments in this in this show, but uh, there is, I, I am a very, very ironic person. And I will end up saying sometimes, you know, that outlandish things are, are true. Um, sometimes. It's very rare. It, it's if it's for, like... If I'm just messing around with someone and we're joking, um, and like that's like very clear, and like this would be an instance of it where I say, okay, yeah, that's absolutely true, and there's a different tone in my voice and everything. Um, that that you know, it, it, I'll say something that is completely out there is true when it's obviously not. Like we we all know that, okay. Um, so just try to keep up. I know I'm not the best at at uh, at being like being a bit clear when I'm being ironic but maybe maybe that's a fun little little game little game uh, for, for you to try to figure out when I'm being ironic and uh, yeah uh, that I'm sure that nothing that I say that is ironic will ever get taken out of context and uh, used against me maybe in a court of law um, so anyway uh, don't buy the black rock houses uh, if they're even houses or who knows maybe they're just going to be living pods and you know i will not live in the pods or eat the bugs or any of that maybe that's what i should call the podcast i will not live in this pod no i'm not going to do that that's way too long that's way too it's unique but it's way too long i got another idea kind of in 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 the chamber right now um well i got a few you know let's just say it's a revolver and i got a few and i'm just figuring out which one to pull the trigger out Okay, so now that I got that out of the way, and uh, we talked about BlackRock, we talked about not buying their homes, uh, it's been a good, well, let's see, 14 minutes and 8 seconds as I said that. So let's start talking about some things on the conspiracy theory iceberg. Uh, if you don't know what, what just an iceberg in general is, and I mean in the internet sense, well, Welcome to your first day on the internet. Uh, I hope it's been going well. I hope nobody was mean to you. Um, stay off of Twitter. That is like the dark alley that you don't want to go down. Um, so an iceberg is, well, it, it's a picture of a big iceberg. And uh, at the top, you know, you got the sky and you got the actual part that you see above the surface. And then below, you see the parts that you don't see that are under the water. So you don't, you wouldn't see uh, you know, from like a boat or on land, we're looking out at it. 
and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And uh, the the one I'm the one I got. Let me let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, that's how prepared I am. Doing the pod on the pod. Uh, where is it? I'm doing the sixth one. So there are a bunch of them. The one I looked at is like conspiracy theory iceberg number six. So I found it, and some of it is unreadable because it is white on white and very low quality. But let's just let's just kind of go through. A, let's take take a quick tour. So let's see. On this one, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty levels. Twenty levels. I didn't see the the bottom two images because there's an image that kind of goes with the tears i guess I, I don't know um there are 20 levels each of them well let's see the bottom ones have fewer because of course they do the top ones have have a lot so the top ones are going to be like at the very top like most people who are at least into some of these things have heard of them so like climate denial the secret ufos um Orbs, I don't know what that means. I can't wait till I get to research that and just look up orbs and like, what's gonna come up. Um, the smiley face killer is a good one. Uh, I just, I really don't think, I think that's a big nothing burger with a bunch of coincidences. Like if you're a Jordan Peterson fan, the Jungian archetypes. Um, so that's like the some of the things on the first list. list. There are a lot of them. We're gonna get to some of those today. Um, then you got, you know, the next one, Gnosticism. Uh, JFK killed by the CIA. Actually, can I say that? We're just gonna move swiftly onward past that. Gang stalking. Oh, there's this dude I follow on both my personal Instagram and uh, the podcast Instagram that is, I just made the other day. Um, it's got a placeholder name that is probably gonna be changed. Um, and he is taking videos all the time of people around him saying that they are gang stalking him. So I can't wait to get to that. Um, as you go further down, you get like uh, 2020 Super Volcano. Glad to see that that one hasn't happened. Um, Ma I don't know if I can say that. Uh, so we'll figure that out. Uh, giant Laundry Shrimp. Can't wait to see what that one's all about. Uh, I, I, ISIS isn't real? Okay. I know there's one on here that I... When I read it, <laughs> and if people who know me like know why I wouldn't be able to stop laughing at it, it was that John Benet Ramsey. Assuming you've heard of John Benet Ramsey, <laughs> it makes it even more ironic that they actually found the guy who did it. <laughs> John Benet Ramsey was killed by a raccoon. <laughs> like there's there's no way. But thank you for trying. Um, anyway, we go further down, like, DNA formed by Big Bang, um, let's see, uh, Usenet rumor mills, anti-medicine, the invisible war, bug chasing, uh, you, you, oh, YouTube monkey torture, okay, uh, again, it, this gets demonetized on YouTube, um, well, now I know what I can't talk about. Kavivi uh, clock theory. I think I know what that's about. That's going to be very fascinating. But these are all like way down there. The 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 bottom one is um like the one at the very bottom. I don't know why it's bigger than every everything else. It's sky beef. I assume that's in reference to the Kentucky meat showers. Um, don't look that up and spoil it because like 500 episodes from now, I really want it. So, anyway, um, there's probably going to be a bit of overlap between what I talk about now and what we get to at the end. Um, so I've got a few a few topics here. Um, let's see, i got one, two, three, four, three and four kind of, they kind of blend together because I misread the thing. I misread the iceberg and I thought they were one subject, but it turns out they're two. And then uh, the fourth one is probably the longest one uh, because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it and a lot of different rabbit trails I go down. So, you know, just try to keep up, okay? So the first one, this is another thing that I misread. Um, it said floridization. 
but I thought it said said fluoridation as in like fluoride being added into dr the drinking water and, and stuff like that and its uses you know across across you know like toothpaste and, and whatnot um, but let, let let's talk about fluoridation and then we'll get to fluoridization um, so fluoridation um, which this entire topic is fitting that I was writing about, given that the toothpaste I'd taken from me was fluoride-free, um, which means it was ridiculously expensive for toothpaste, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, so fluoride itself is a chemical, you know, you dig deep, 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 deep down uh, Charlie Brown underground uh, to get it, and it was first discovered in, I think, some, like the 1800s, um, and later adopted in 1945 by Frederick McKay as a solution to strengthening teeth. Um, and that's often what we get pitched about it, you know, today. Um, and in that time, it was first added into the drinking water in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, however, um, there's kind of an issue in how much fluoride is too much fluoride, because I can admit that there probably is a safe amount. Um, particularly if it's applied topically. Um, however, having it in in drinking water, I don't know. I'm a little I'm a little wary of. Uh, so first off, too much will turn your teeth yellow. Like that that's just the thing. Um, too much of the minerals. Uh, that's why they they. That's why I think there was. Oh my gosh, I watched a History Channel documentary on this so many years ago, but I remember specifically something about how like there was a certain amount that was technically safe but because it was turning everyone's teeth yellow they put in significantly less to kind of find a, a middle ground um but also too much of it can also lead to something called skeletal fluorosis which is no fun um as, and uh in my research i came across uh two uh studies conducted at both harvard university and the university of michigan for whatever either of those things are worth to you um because i know there are people who at least at the best go back and forth between what university researchers uh, mean to all of us um but anyway uh these studies uh show that too much fluoride or i guess really fluoride at all um can be toxic to uh, particularly a developing brain um, and can cause some 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 delays and offsets in uh, hormonal development uh, so that's already like it's already not great to begin with and I would prefer that it just not be in our drinking water I don't tr when people say oh it's perfectly safe uh, I really I really just don't trust that like something goes off in my head and that's kind of why <laughs> that's kind of why I'm doing this you know I yes I do have a medical history of chemical imbalance no that is not why I'm doing this uh, then you got like Parks and Recreation it was a fun show but there's some times where I really felt like NBC was like being paid by the state to push propaganda on unsuspecting people and they all had a whole fluoride episode and that was um i didn't like it because it really painted people like myself who question its efficacy uh if i'm using that word right um uh, they painted people who, who did that in a in a very very negative uh dim-witted light and Okay, I am a dimwit, but I know that there are people smarter than me that agree with me. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just accept that I'm on, that I'm on the, the, the left end of the, of the bell curve, and that all the other guys who I listen to are on the right side, and I'll just go from there. Um, also, going back to kind of the, the irony thing, um, I will often use big words uh, that. I know the meaning of, but I say I'll say them with a slightly different tone. Again, that is an irony thing, not because I think I'm smart, but I, it's, yeah, yeah, you know, like, I'm sure that comes off the wrong way to a lot of people, but you know what? This podcast is not about myself. This is about my crazy ideas. Um, so more fringe science enjoyers, uh, will, will first say that it it impacts your pineal gland, which to an extent is true like that's why it's dangerous on on development in in young children your pineal gland is 
one of the glands in your brain responsible for hormone production um and if it's throwing that off that is that is that is dubious at best one might say um uh, but so outside of like development um chemicals uh, melatonin as well so if you gotta take melatonin to get to sleep some nights maybe check your toothpaste brand maybe like ditch crest in favor i right now i use uh i use native um but the, the brand that i really like the brand that i had that the tsa took away from me i don't even remember what it was it was some it was like top health some some generic sounding name but it was, it was very good also if you're not if you're like anti-toothpaste in that sense totally um i haven't used it but I want to try it out sometime um, because I use his uh, beef tallow moisturizer. Van Man has this tooth powder. It's called Miracle Tooth Powder, and it basically does the same thing except it's all natural ingredients. Uh, you should really check out his stuff if if that's something you're into, like home home remedies, holistic cures, all that stuff. Check out um, his name. I'm not I'm not being paid to do this, of course. Uh, my first sponsorship was a TSA. Um, but it's like vanmanshop or something.com. I don't remember. He had his whole website taken over by by an old partner who, who turned dirty on him. Anyway, uh, now that I've I've gone off track enough, um, you talk to spiritualist yogi types, um, which I am ashamed to admit I kind of got into for a time, but I am no longer no longer one of those. Um, they will tell you that the pineal gland is your third eye chakra. So the chakras are to these people to, in this belief system is um, is a, and when I I'm not trying to dunk on anybody's belief system. Like do what you want. I got my own beliefs and they will absolutely be pushed in this podcast. Um, I believe enough weird stuff as it is. You believe whatever weird stuff you want to. But anyway, your chakras are all like, they're connected to different organs in your body. Um, and uh, uh, you want them to like achieve enlightenment or something like that. You want them all aligned. So uh, the the third eye is like the one where you you uh, you can ha you have like foreknowledge of certain certain events. Like you can you meditate on it enough. You can like like you can be having a conversation with someone and you can accurately predict what they're gonna say before they say it. Uh, that that sort of thing. Um, I would say even if that sounds cool to you, don't mess with it. It does have its downsides, but that is a secondary topic. I'm sure I will talk about again at some point. Um, but having fluoride in the drinking water um, in that thought process is incredibly damaging because if it calcifies your pineal gland, that means that it is calcifying your third eye. And a lot of these, a lot of these types will say that uh, it is intentional uh, in order to keep people from reaching enlightenment or um, you know transcending to a higher plane, that that sort of thing, which. I get how you get to that point. Um, I'm more concerned with just the pure health benefits personally, but I think we can lock arms in that neither of us really want it, you know? Um, at the very least, I'm skeptical. Uh, you, you, know what's, you know what's interesting is, speaking of my, my fluoride-free toothpaste, um, I use some like just normal Crest whatever uh, at my parents' house. and. This is a big difference that I've always noticed going between fluoride-free and with fluoride. Maybe it's not the fluoride, maybe it's something else in there. Um, because the ingredients are just drastically different overall. With the fluoridated toothpaste, I always wake up with like that, that morning taste in your mouth. You know, you know, like I can't really describe it, but it just, yeah. Fluoride-free toothpaste, don't worry about that at all. Um, so that that that's something that's an interesting thing to note uh note there so i guess try it out for yourself i think that's going to be one of the big things that that that's just one of the things i kind of live by like you don't have to believe everything i believe certainly not like i wouldn't want that that's for sure um this world would be insane um uh but at least i think if you're open to it, if it piques your interest, 
try it out yourself. Like, give it a shot. Like, anecdotally, anecdotally, a lot of these things, like a lot of things that I do, I do because they've worked for me, and I've like seen improvements in my health or, or whatever. You know, um, cutting out seed oils uh, almost entirely. Like, I've gotten kind of bad with like eating out and stuff like that. Wh whatever, um, but that has made a huge difference in in my health um uh to the point where like my skin is completely different um you know it's not the best but uh it's way better than what it was um you know i just generally feel healthier and, and better and um you know you look into the history of how that got into our food supply supply that is a whole different different topic that i know i'm gonna have to get to even if it's not on the iceberg because i think like i've been on it for for like three years now my family can tell you just as much if you talk to my mom i've been telling her about this for for three years basically and it's only like just really gotten gotten mainstream um shout out seed oil disrespector on twitter i i know i told you if you're new to the internet do not go on twitter but if you're gonna go on Twitter, follow them and follow the account for this podcast that I will eventually make because that's exactly what I need to be on Twitter more. Um, so anyway, next subject here, next topic off the iceberg uh, is not actually, I know this one actually was on the iceberg. Florida, Floridation was not, um, I misread Floridization as floor, I, I misread Floridization as Floridation. So Floridization, uh, refers to uh, an overall population aging in advancements uh, or aging due to advancements in medicine uh, technology and like just a cultural decrease in desire to start families you know does that sound like any country you think of maybe a country where the average age of farmers is 60 maybe um, but anyway, uh, the name Floridization comes from, well, just that, Florida. You know, all the old people flock there, so it kind of disproportionately offsets their ratio of old people to young people. But this subject took me back to, uh, to high school and a human geography class that I took. It was an AP class, so yay, good job me. Um, I got a three on that test and ended up I think that earns you some sort of college credit, but I didn't go to college. So, uh, joke's on me, I guess. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that clearly qualifies me to talk about this. Uh, this is, some of it's going to be going off of memory, um, but I know, like, the, the concepts themselves are, are sound, and, like, what this is actually referring to, and this is a real phenomenon. So imagine a, uh, a double-sided bar graph. I don't remember why these ones were used specifically, but I remember, I remember these vividly because I thought it was interesting when we were learning about them. Um, and I, I couldn't find the actual graphs that I was thinking of, which really kind of ticked me off, but I, I'll try my best to describe them. So imagine a double-sided bar graph. Uh, the y-axis uh, is the average, it's like the age of of uh, your citizens and the x-axis is the percent of the population that is that age so in, in countries that are in early development so think of like i don't know um some like any any third world country really um uh, if, if if we made a graph using their uh their uh demographic data um it would look kind of like a, a flat flat-ish triangle so the base would be very wide um as there are going to be a, a lot of a lot of infants and a lot of a lot of young people because uh you're gonna have you're gonna have uh, adults who who need to work on a farm um to make more make food for everyone to make sure that everyone stays healthy and people don't start dying off so that means that they're gonna need a lot of farm hands so they're gonna have to not only start popping out a lot of babies, but they're gonna have to do so efficiently because infant mortality rate is gonna be pretty high, which is what, which is what uh, kind of skews, skews not only like the the upper end of it, like how old people live to, because um, I think it's calculated through like medians and stuff. I don't know. I'm not I'm not the one who 
who makes the data. I'm just some crazy guy talking about him. Um, uh, anyway, and you know, old people don't live to be that old anyway. So, so you don't really get above like 40. Like 40 years is like a good long life to these people. Uh, I think that's technically before an agrarian revolution. Um, but once you hit a certain point in your development, uh, the chart starts to look a bit more like a Christmas tree. You have more children being born, uh, infant mortality rate is going down, and people are also living a bit longer too. Uh, not a large portion of the population is living all that long, but um, there are more than enough young people. This is this is this is one of the things that is really important. Um, in terms of making sure you don't get population collapse is having more than enough young people to not only care for the elderly um, in your society but also make up for them uh, not being able to contribute to your economy that is huge um, so if I remember correctly this is generally considered ideal for any any state and I, I'm probably gonna use both state and nation here um, but in the official geography senses uh as in you know a nation being a group of people who share a common language history culture usually geographic territory too um whereas a state is a territory defined by an independent government so you can think of like a nation being the jews in israel but the state itself being israel i i think that's a that's a that's one of the examples that that they used to um, but anyway, as you as you progress further or develop further as a country, I wouldn't necessarily call it progress to get to the you know the, the end of this. Um, each age begins to uh, even out a bit. So this is probably like the most developed you really, really, really want to get because as great as it is to have. Know, people living a long time it's, it's only so so sustainable if you're not refreshing the population with more young people that becomes a massive issue uh so when when, it, when it's even this is still it's still manageable but you're heading towards floridization so this is where floridization that this this topic right here is specifically when you have more elderly people who are not going to obviously not going to be making new new children um but they are you know the children of a generation that was very focused on having children um and they're gonna outweigh the number of infants that you have uh, that you're having born which is a again a massive issue so once the elderly generation passes you're left with very few people and a weak state, especially if you don't have a group of people continuously having more children. Um, so the the Japanese prime minister, um, who later he got whacked, um, Shinzo Abe, I think that's pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Um, he was begging the Japanese people to have more children because of this, because he feared population need large groups of people having multiple children for your state to stay afloat uh, th that's the only way it stays balanced um, when, when talking about this you run into a group called Neo-Malthusians who are they've been wrong they continue to be wrong they will always be wrong um, they're just these little gremlins who, who run around um, and are kind of in some of the highest ranks of power and they, they believe what Thomas Malthus taught, hence the name Neo-Malthusians, um, that you get to a point where eventually you have so many people in, in a population to where you can't pr produce enough food units, that was like a thing, to feed enough people, which in theory okay that makes sense but that is that, that 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 hasn't happened and will not happen unless maybe now this is where we get a little funky maybe you know 
train running through Ohio, the breadbasket of the United States just happens to spill dangerous chemicals into the water and air, poisoning, um, poisoning, uh, you know, fields and livestock and, and plants all around us, or maybe if you have chemical slop being fed to us instead of actual food, uh, that, you know, that helps us, you know, have a sort of energy and a sort of vril um, that leads to, you know, just overall being a more motivated person and end up, you know, having children to, to keep the population alive. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Again, this is all just allegedly, right? This is all just allegedly. So, uh, with that being said, do it for Shinzo Abe, please. Um, uh, on that note, how about we switch to uh, two topics I thought I originally thought were together. It turns out they're two separate things on this list, but they, believe it or not, if you search them together, you will get results. Um, let's talk about, actually, wait, can, can I say this for YouTube? Um, uh, we'll call them the, uh, the, 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 doctor pokes you know you know that when they when they you know you you know when there's like a virus or something oh, crap i don't think i can say that word either we roll on um the link between that and lucid dreaming apparently there, there's a thing um so this should this should be fun and in no way haunting at all so again these are supposed to be two separate topics but in the mistake the, the mistake I made, you know, was writing this being sleep deprived at the at the airport. I'm not gonna say which one again. I'm not. Oh well. I was at LAX. I suppose I already said I'm in Los Angeles. Um, I was writing it. I had plenty of time, and I wrote a little bit too on, on the way back. Um, so as a baseline, let's just talk about both individually. Then we'll get to the strange connection that they have together, which will segue us nicely into our last topic. Um, so we've heard a lot of controversy over the, uh, the pokes recently, you know, we ain't talking cowboys when I say pokes, huh? <laughs> that was a good one, wasn't it? Um, and, uh, you know, how, you know, recent ones may or may not have caused, uh, fertility issues or cardiovascular problems or immune sensitivity, uh, or anything like that. Maybe, maybe, you know, something that has to do with the previous topic and like a big plan for uh, large groups that have a lot of control over us to uh, to um, kind of weed out th thin the herd a bit you know you know something like that maybe um, but in general they they have a lot of skeptics uh, so the gist of what they are is they're supposed to be a dead version of a virus uh, that you take on voluntarily voluntarily for your immune system to get used to fighting it uh, and that should, in theory, you know, strengthen your immune system. Like when you go to the gym to lift weights, you know, you're 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 breaking down your muscles, or you're creating little tears that'll hopefully help them grow. Um, same thing with plants. You know, sometimes you gotta prune dead leaves to encourage new growth. Uh, however, there's a lot of controversy yeah, controversy that came in even before. The year 2020 to a potential link in again can i say this on youtube i i i know this probably be on spotify and apple mute uh, apple podcast too um a potential link to children being acoustic if they take them especially when they're young let's just say that uh so organizations like the cdc will claim that in general they are safe and that there's no link between them but also, that is the word of a three-letter organization who has a long list of wealthy elite donors who have skin in the population control game. Uh, so, think of people you know, have names that rhyme with Will Yates, maybe. Um, but anyway, anyway, uh, I could be honest. I could be swayed either way on that thing. I I don't take a hard stance there. Um, on the flip side of this this whole discussion lucid dreams those are phenomena where uh, some people uh, 
they retain a level of consciousness while sleeping, meaning they can uh, realize when they are dreaming and then control them, control their dreams because they're conscious. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, there are several ways that you can induce them from what I've, what I've read. Uh, you can keep a dream journal and like write them down and write down what you dreamt as soon as you uh, wake up so you can recognize patterns in your sleep. That's one way. Um, if you wear a watch, maybe you can check that frequently throughout the day. So if you nat end up naturally doing it in your sleep, you can tell when something doesn't quite look right. Like if that, se if like the seven is just missing from your watch and all the other numbers are like weird squiggly lines, um, then you know, oh, this isn't real, I'm dreaming. Uh, same thing with counting the number of fingers you have, you know, that, that sort of thing. Anything that you can use to distinguish between rea what is reality and what isn't um, is is a good way to induce lucid dreaming. Some people just do it naturally, which is is weird. Like they don't have to try it all. It just happens. Which that, that sounds cool, man. I, I would kind of wish I could do that, maybe. Um, but let's let's find the link between these two, shall we? Let's get even weirder. Let's take a flight to the Denver airport. We'll walk right over to the hidden nuclear bunker cities for now um, and go to the CBS station there to hear from Dr. Dave Knita. I think that's how you pronounce it. He says that he's had multiple people tell him post uh, poke uh, that they were often experiencing odd dreams. Um, these are some, some examples. One person reported dreams of space and planting the American flag on the moon. One said that he dreamt he, he was fighting Nazis in Berlin uh, and then also experienced being on the Titanic. Uh, another fella said he dreamt, and I quote, going out and taking Abraham Lincoln to get a Big Mac and having the staff want him to autograph the bills. Which, I guess if you're going to have a weird dream, that might as well be it. Uh, you know, you got any better ideas? I don't know, that sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, if there is any legitimate links between them, I really have no clue what it would be. Nita says it's just because uh, it can, after you get it, it can interrupt your, your REM cycles a bit. But I don't think that necessarily explains the consistency in hallucinating historical events. Or, I guess in the case of Abraham Lincoln getting a Big Mac A historical events. Um, although, who knows? Maybe that happened. I, 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 who am I to say? Um, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, I did not expect there to be any results. Uh, yet, here we are. So now that we, we, we've connected those two things, that we're not meant to be connected, let's uh, let, let's let's go back through TSA and let's kind of come full circle here a little bit. Let's go back to the Denver airport. Now, this is one of my favorite topics. And before we go through with this, I just want to give you a, a little... I want you to kind of experience the same thing that I did when I first heard about it. If you haven't heard about it, go to whatever music streaming platform you have. Look up Asking Alexandria, the self-titled album by Asking Alexandria, and listen to their song, Under Denver. It's kind of haunting, it's kind of weird, it's kind of freaky, but it's written by a very, let's say, eclectic man named Danny Warsnop. Um, you know, if you don't want to listen, that's probably better that you don't. Uh, just look up the lyrics uh, because that you can't really understand too much of what he's saying unless you read the lyrics themselves. But uh, he did an interview with Alt Press, kind of briefly talking about why, what made him want to write the song. Um, so I'll just quote him here. Uh, For anyone out there who is not aware of the Denver airport conspiracy, but I highly recommend reading into it. I am not a conspiracy theorist, but the the stuff's fascinating. And the Denver airport is the one 
it's really hard to debunk because it's like there are murals in there of genocide and cleansing the earth. It's a crazy that does sound pretty crazy, Danny. Why don't we get into it a little more, all right? So let, let's start start with the outside of the airport. Let's do this like like we are like we are going there because we got to take off from, from, I think their sign is DIA. It may be DEM, but I think it's DIA. And we're going from DIA to uh, uh, PDX. Sure, we'll do that. We're flying from Denver to Portland. Why? I don't know. Maybe we're just mountain enthusiasts. Okay. So you go. You're outside. You know, your 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 Uber is dropping you off and dropping you off, and you see this giant blue horse statue. Okay, that can't be a good omen, can it? Um, so the giant blue demon that that occupies the outside of this entryway is an enigma itself it's an enigma outside of an enigma it's called lucifer and it actually killed its own sculptor um so <laughs> luis jimenez its creator and first victim made it out of cast fiberglass and that severed an arter artery i believe as it fell on him uh and he led to death so that's already uh yeah that happened moving swiftly onward it's glowing red eyes are actually floodlights um it was kind of a personal tribute that jimenez made to his father's neon sign shop uh where he learned how to paint and weld and you know make lucifer basically and the horse metal itself was inspired by the time the late Jimenez thought there was an intruder in his house. Uh, and I'm not making this up. You can go look this up. But instead, he came to find his horse, Blackjack, who had somehow entered in his home. So, that's fun. Um, inside the building itself, as our friend Danny Warsnap put very elegantly beforehand, it's like there are murals of genocide and cleansing the earth. Again? say those words on, on any of these platforms we're about to find out um but if those aren't in their plans why oh why would they blatantly advertise it so out in the open we're gonna get to that in a very brief second but let's go back to when it was built february 28 1995 nearly a year behind schedule and two billion dollars over budget two billion with a b over budget one of the country's largest airports was completed in denver first take in that information again two billion dollars in 1995 and a year behind the construction schedule what's going on there well the schedule delay this could easily be chalked up to outside distractions in the in the city of denver in the year 1995 Okay, John Elway was leading the Denver Broncos uh, to the Super Bowl. They won. That You wouldn't believe what that does for a city, honestly. So I can get that. Winning a major sports championship does things to a city. Okay, but $2 billion over budget. Again, $2 billion over budget in 1995. Get that into your head. Let's go back even further, okay? While we hold on to that $2 billion. Picture how big $2 billion is. Oh my gosh. In 1995. So let's go back even further. 1929. 20 years before a certain individual I know would say I was born. Um, the small municipal airport first opened up in Denver. Second the threat of nuclear war. We know the government has these facilities, uh, several of them, in fact, uh, talking about, speaking of nuclear uh, bomb facilities. Um, uh, there's a book I'm reading right now, Raven Rock, uh, which, uh, funny note here, I thought, I thought I may finish it by, by the time I'm recording this. No, wow, absolutely not, no. 
Um, but it does a, a marvelous job of outlining some of the work done by our government uh, in order to prepare for the threat of nuclear fallout, um, and outlines just how utterly ill-prepared DC was at the time. Um, but there, there's, a, there's a story in there that I want that I want to tell really quickly. Um, so the only damage caused to DC during that time was. So this guy in the army, he is he's standing over, uh, standing over the, this, I forget what it is. I think it's like anti, some sort of anti-aircraft gun. And he accidentally fires it. And now, luckily, luckily for him, you know, he's probably dishonorably discharged in all honesty, but luckily for him, um, the only thing that was broken, or the only thing, you know, that took any damage was the word Wisconsin on the Lincoln line. So, that's cool. Um, I think that's what it was, at least. Uh, but anyway, there was a shelter built underneath the White House um, and dug, and uh, or there was also space dug into what we know now as Mount Weather, as well as Raven Rock. So, Raven Rock was dug out of an area called the Beard Lot uh, in the aptly named Beard Lot Project, uh, and it was designed to be sort of an alternate pentagon. I think that was the exact phrase used too, alternate pentagon. Um, just a literally just after the pentagon opened. Um, so, uh, sorry if you hear my, my chair squeaking again. I'm, I got one of the most ghetto setups ever. I'm sitting in a chair in my closet because it's the only place I'm going to have any sort of noise cancellation. Ain't that cool. Um, so it was naturally protected by Pennsylvania greenstone granite, one of the hardest known rocks in the world. And construction began on what the public knew as just an entrance. So they, they just said, yeah, you see this big lot we got here that we're digging into? Yeah, it's an entrance. Entrance to what? It's an entrance. Okay. Um, that began in January of 1951, and it fully became operational in 1953, five months after Dwight D. Eisenhower took office. So, meaning it was built underneath the Truman administration, uh, the same administration that began the research of different quarry caves to build industrial factories, uh, to build, you know, build industrial factories in these quarry caves uh, under the watch of our nation's military. Ain't that interesting. Um, side note, uh, while Beard Lot was being dug, uh, the RNC started very playfully referring to it as Harry's Hole, I think. Yeah, something like that. That's kind of fun. Um, but anyway, during that time, these underground sites... Oh my gosh. You can tell I've been doing this for way longer than I'm used to. I'm tripping over my words even more than I normally do. So during that time, the Underground Sites Committee met with the National Spelic... I don't even know what this word is that I wrote. Another three-letter organization to further investigate how many U.S. citizens these caves could hold. So they estimated originally all 145 million of them at the time could do it. Today, we have a rough estimate of about 333 million Americans. So, uh, that on top of, may I add, an even larger government employee base, which is another thing to keep in mind with this. Um, further government shelters were later explored uh, in Missouri, because there's a large cave system there. I, if it's not one of the largest in North America, one of the largest in the world. Um, so, all that is well and good, but what does it have to do with Denver? Well. Let's talk about the elevation of the city and the mountain terrain. So Denver is known as a mile high city and with all those mountains, does that not make it perfect for large vast cave systems with plenty of space for, you guessed it, fallout shelter facilities? Maybe something that $2 billion in 1995 could get you at least started on? Maybe? Maybe not. Maybe it costs a bit more than that. but. You don't need an extra $2 billion for an airport, right? So, now if the, if the federal government has facilities in the East Coast, as they do, Mount Weather, Raven Rock, 
Um, I'm sure there are other ones that we don't even know about. Would it not also make sense to have one out west? Uh, so Denver is not only, you know, or Colorado in general is not only suspect number one to have a spot there, but also has advantages over desert states like Nevada and Southern California, where there are also mountains. It also helps that it borders New Mexico, where many government operations took place, from atom bomb tests to the events of Roswell. Roswell is a second topic that I'm very excited to get into because it just makes no sense. Um, basically, they sent a bunch of kids with progeria up in high altitude weather balloons to see if they'd survive, uh, but we'll get to that at a different time. It's, it, Denver, just in general, is a relatively central location. It makes transportation easier than it would be to fly coast to coast. Let's say if they had one in in Oregon or Washington, maybe. Um, and it not being on the coast is also just an, another advantage because if there was attack from, say, Russia or maybe Japan was in their mind at the time, uh, it would take a bit extra travel for those missiles to get there. Um, now let's go back to the murals. So, so now we got, we have the baseline that it makes sense that there is, it, it really makes sense that there is some sort of facility there. Like people don't just believe it. Well, some people believe for no reasons, but there, there are, there are actual logistical reasons why, why that makes sense. And they're not necessarily all bad. Like they kind of, it just makes sense in general why it's secret. I don't know you know I'm not the one making those decisions but it makes sense right so now let's talk about why they would have murals of genocide on uh, <laughs> on the walls of this airport so it, is that not like they're showing their hands um, well if it is nefarious yes it is obvious, and that's exactly why it works. So this is where we get into PSYOPs. PSYOPs, I'm sure they're another topic on this iceberg. I'm, in fact, I'm like likely, I'm like 99% sure. So we'll, we'll just cover all that here too. So PSYOPs is short for psychological operations. Um, during World War II, the US knew that they were going to have to do something a little different. They're gonna be effective in Southeast Asia. Imperial Japan had taken over the Philippines, meaning that they were using uh, their people for that war. And as the U.S. was getting involved, uh, we utilized the help of the Huck Rebellion, which was a group of originally a group of Filipino uh, freedom fighters fighting back against the Japanese uh, to try to take down Imperial Japan from the inside. But as things progressed, they kind of became communists. So. We had to start fighting that. It got it got kind of messy. Um, so bring in Edward Lansdale uh, before joining the military in World War II. Uh, he was an advertising executive, big wig in San Francisco. And one of the things that you have to understand about psyops is that they're basically one big propaganda marketing campaign. Uh, that has one sole focus of demoralizing a population to enforce preferred behavior. Uh, and we see, saw this in the Philippines, courtesy of Lansdale, with the, uh, the fake vampire attack, uh, and then in Vietnam with Operation Wandering Soul, and, you know, among a bunch of other things that I'm, I'll get into, I'm sure. But possibly, is it the same thing? something to chew on now a psyop meant uh to make you overthink art and discredit it as something crazy uh that doesn't seem too far-fetched now does it uh not to mention that as soon as the atomic bomb was used uh and humanity had to deal with the aftermath many proposed a i get this singular worldwide government to keep the use of such forces of mass destruction at bay 
Doesn't that a little funky? Doesn't that? Doesn't that? Doesn't that seem a little fishy to you? <laughs> Granted, they also did. <laughs> also did say that we could we could nuke the ice cats to create a more humid environment for plants to grow. So that's cool too. Um, but you know, my voice, this is my first podcast episode. Uh, my voice is getting a little tired. I'm sure you can tell that's about where we are going to end it. Um, if I miss anything or you have any additional input, uh, if it's available on your platform, comment, um, or, uh, by the time that this is up, I'm sure I will have, uh, the socials for this podcast set up too. Um, so maybe send me something there uh also um if you want to find out my personal instagram uh just look in the comments of the denver airport and i will likely i'm gonna just keep on commenting like about the underground facilities until i get blocked it hasn't happened yet it's been like three months at this point nothing's happened so I'm more than likely, more than likely dropping a comment there. Uh, it's on almost every post and, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. They've responded to me a few times. I think they're trying to throw me off the scent, you know? Um, but anyway, please like, rate, review, whatever. I don't know what platform you're on. Um, uh, if you're listening to this in the morning, have a great day. If you're listening to this before bed, why would you do that? Um, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Have a great night. Uh, I love you. Goodbye.